sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. Two really quick things before we get into the scripture. First is this, thank you for going on this journey with me through the book of Isaiah this Advent. Um, we're going to be wrapping up that journey uh, with Isaiah chapter 9 this evening. The second thing is this, thank you for being here in worship this evening. Um, I know this Christmas Eve the weather outside is just terrible. I know that there's a lot of sickness going around and I, I know how many other things that you could be doing this evening. So thank you for coming to worship this evening to hear God's word for you. Let's hear these great words from Isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enveloped the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government, there will be no end. <laughs> he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. This is God's word. Oh, there's, there's so much in this text that just gets me in my heart. It comforts me to my soul. You know, right with the first words there, there's this, this light that we can see. The light that shines in the darkness. This gets me in my heart because... It lets me know that I don't have to be light for people. You know, as a pastor, a lot of what I do is I sit with people and they share with me the things that, that hurt them. And, and it comforts me to know that, that I don't have to be the light that shines in the darkness for them. I get to show them the light that will never go out for them. It gets me in my heart. And then you get the part with, with the rod and the bar and the yoke. And, and that gets me in my heart because what Isaiah is showing us there is that those things that oppress us, those things that harm us and are heavy on us, Jesus is going to shatter them. And that gets me, that comforts me. And then you get the, the part where Isaiah's got these four great names for Jesus. And that gets me in my heart, too, because, you know, you can look and, and you can remember the rule of three. You know, that's, that's, that's the same today as it was thousands of years ago. 
When you want to make something great, when you want to express completeness and majesty, you repeat something three times. And Isaiah shows us that you can't contain Jesus in three. It's got to be four, and you can't even contain Jesus in four names. And that gets me. <laughs> and then at the end, you, you got this part where Isaiah talks about how the peace of his government, the peace of Jesus' reign will go on and on and on forever. And that gets me in my heart because I know that I get to be part of it. <laughs> So much comfort here. But I think for me, what gets me deepest in my heart is those burning boots in verse 5. And I know that might sound kind of strange that in a text filled with such amazing comfort that you want to fixate on the stinky burning boots. But before you write me off too quickly here, um, I want you to know that these burning boots are actually kind of a central fixture of the entire book of Isaiah. And these burning boots are the key to unlocking the whole truth of this prophecy. Now, Isaiah, he tells the people that every boot, and and we know from context and from the original language here, that that these are warrior's boots, meant for battle. Uh, Isaiah says each one of these boots are going to be burnt. And, and, And the way that we use this as the key to unlocking this whole prophecy is we see that Isaiah is speaking the same way to us. He says, unless you are able to take off your warrior's boots, the boots that you use to fight the things that you struggle with, unless you're able to burn those up, you're never able, going to be able to experience the joy that Isaiah is talking about. You know, in the military, boots are a big deal. They're a really big deal. They're really important. In fact, to my knowledge, your boots are, are one of the first things that are given to you when you enlist in the military. And, and boots are, are so important, actually, to the, uh, especially the beginning part of your training, that they actually call the first phase of training boot camp. And, and of course, it's not just called boot camp because in boot camp they tell you how to tie your shoes really well, but... Boot camp is the place where you are first introduced to the realities of war. You are uh, introduced to the stresses of war. You're introduced to the responsibilities of war. And you're introduced to the darkness and heaviness of war. And that heaviness, that's why soldiers in particular have such a hard time experiencing the joy that Isaiah is after. Because they literally wear the heaviness of war on their bodies. And this joy that Isaiah wants for us, it's so far the opposite of that heaviness. Joy, it's it's lightness of spirit. It's it's the absence of of weight and responsibility on your shoulders. It's it's levity in every situation. And and soldiers have the hardest time (laughs) with that joy. So that's why Isaiah is preaching to soldiers here. 
It's good to, to have a little bit of perspective when we, when we think about what Isaiah is asking. We need to recognize that Isaiah, he's asking a lot of these people. Soldiers have such a hard time experiencing joy once they've seen their realities of war. Over the last 20 or 30 years, the world has learned so much about the psychological effects of, of what happens when you see that kind of stress and that kind of trauma. Psychologically, you know, scientifically speaking, it is really difficult for someone who has seen something like that to experience joy at all. You know, once you have ex- learned by experience about true stress, true trauma, true hurt, it's difficult to unlearn it and be able to experience joy. And so, you know, the question can arise, how can Isaiah be expecting for this kind of joy to happen for people at all? To answer that question, because I wasn't able to answer it, I figured it would be good to call a friend of mine who had seen war. Uh, before he began studying a pas- to be a pastor, he was a classmate of mine. Uh, he had been a Marine. And so I called him up and I asked him, you know, what's it like coming home? And he told me about how hard it is for many soldiers to experience the true little tiny joys of life. Like the joy of Christmas, the kind of joy that, that you're probably hoping to experience in, in just a couple hours here. The joy of sitting with family, sitting in a nice warm place, wearing maybe an ugly Christmas sweater and sipping on a drink and opening presents with the people that you love. It's hard, so hard for soldiers to experience that joy. They just feel so connected from it. He described that to me. I learned that it's really hard for soldiers to come home in their hearts, even when home is all around them. And it's because, it's because these soldiers have seen what the world is truly like. They've seen true darkness. They've seen true hurt. They've seen real war. And in their hearts, they're wondering to themselves, how can I ever be happy when I've seen that the reality of the world is unhappiness? And how can I sit here and relax and be peaceful and joyful when I know that there are still people out there fighting? It's so hard, it's so hard for soldiers to come home in their hearts even when they're home. No, I am glad that I made that phone call because it helped me to recognize something that it's like that. It's like that for everyone in every place. For every single person who is a warrior for God, all you've ever known, if you think about it, is struggle. I'm glad I made that phone call because it helped me to understand that for those who know 
that the real battleground of life is their mind and heart. All we are ever going to see in this world is war. In fact, I'll suggest to you this evening that you might not even know just how much burden you're carrying. Because you've never known what it's like to not carry a burden. You know, you go, you go into your life and you know from the Ten Commandments that you're supposed to fight against lust in your heart. And so you go out and you fight and then the temptation comes along and you take a bullet and you stumble. And you go out into your life and you fight and you skirmish for certainty and trust in God in your heart. And every time you think you've won a little battle, then a bunker buster of an event comes down and worry explodes into your heart. And you know from God's word that that you should go out into your life and be light and life for people. And you know that every time you seek to go out there and do that, you take bullets and it hurts. All you've ever known in your life as a Christian, if you think about it, is struggle. Undying an ongoing war. You go out and, and, and you fight against your anxiety and you war against your depression and, and the battles keep coming. And so as a Christian, what do you do? You bend down and you lace up your boots even more tightly so that you can be ready for the next battle. So you can battle against your fear of death. So you can battle for your faith at all. It's so hard for soldiers to come home in their hearts, even when they're home. You know, as your pastor, I've had the privilege to sit down and, and hear how this is true for you. I've seen the doubt I've heard the fear. I've felt the frustration that you have, that that you've tried and you've struggled your entire life to have peace in Jesus and you're wondering if you ever can. It's so hard for soldiers to come home in their hearts even when they're home. But Isaiah says you can come home. And he tells us why. For to us a child is born. To us in the war, to us who have only ever known struggle, to us who have only ever seen battle, to us a child is born. And it is, it's important to know that it is a child. Isaiah makes that clear. We've seen that in his other prophecies. This is a child. It's an infant. It is the most defenseless infant in the world. 
And it, oh man, it, it, it's so important for us to realize why that's important, why it is important that Jesus was born in a manger as a baby. Because understanding that, understanding that means that you understand the gospel of Jesus. Why is it important that Jesus was born in a baby? Because it's important for us to recognize that when Jesus comes down to deal with our war, he doesn't come down as a tank. And when Jesus comes down to deal with the bullets that are coming at us and the people who are firing them, he doesn't come down as a super soldier. He comes down as a little baby. He comes down to be one of us, to take our bullets for us, to save us, and to end the war. That's the gospel of Christmas. And I know that you need to hear that tonight. I know that every person who has wondered whether they can truly have peace needs to hear that tonight. And every person who has, who has anxiety about when they, whether they can ever come home in their heart needs to hear that. I know I need to hear that tonight. I needed to hear this scripture this week. Because I'm the same, it's hard for me to come home in my heart even though I know I'm home. Because all I've ever known is war too. I need a scripture to tell me that in my soul that has so much spiritual PTSD in it that I am never going to have to fight again. that I can just burn up my boots and be home. I don't have to fight against sin because I know I don't risk losing. And I don't have to fight for the truth in my heart because I know that Jesus is the truth and I will never lose him. I can burn my boots. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And now, all that's left to understand for us about Isaiah's prophecy here is why it is that Jesus is called the Wonderful Counselor. He's called Wonderful Counselor because it is him, it is he, the Christ, who sits on the counsel of the Almighty God, who has a plan for our salvation. And he is our Mighty God, who not only has a plan for our salvation, but he has the ability and the will to carry it out. And not only does he have this plan, and not only is he able to carry it out, but as our everlasting Father, he loves us enough to do it. And now all that's left is to understand that as Prince of Peace, everything that Jesus has been up to since the beginning of time has been for our true royal 
peace. The peace that was won for us on the cross. The peace that is ours now and forever. It's so hard for soldiers to come home, even when they're home. But today you can. And tomorrow you can too. And for the rest of your life, you can know that in Jesus, you are forever home. Because you are soldiers who have not only seen the hard realities of life, but you have seen the risen Savior. The one who came to take our bullets and our bombs and to end the war forever. So come home in your heart. All the way home.